Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www.thegrovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. I want to turn your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I shared from this text this past Wednesday. Shared from this text this past Wednesday. And this is one of those one of those times where it just won't leave me alone. I can't move on yet. So there's some more I want to I want to share. Some more the Lord has placed on my heart to emphasize for us uh, on today. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. We're continuing our sermon series, our sermon and preaching, preaching and teaching series. How to make the best of a bad situation. How to make the best of a bad situation. That's what we want to look at again. How to make the best of a bad situation. I know some of us have seen some bad situations. Some of us are in the midst of some bad situations. How can we make the best of a bad situation? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 1. Once you find that, would you please stand for the reading of the word of God? If you're physically able to stand, I'm going to read the first 10 verses. First 10 verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. How he that was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear. Now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Continuing the sermon series, How to Make the Best of a Bad Situation. Title of today's lesson is, It's the Grace for Me. It's the Grace for Me. It's the Grace for Me. I wonder how many of you have noticed the commercials for different medications that are supposed to help you and they warn you of how they can hurt you. The medicine is supposed to help you for one thing but can have some side effects that make you wonder if it's beneficial at all. For example, there's one drug called Trimphia. It's a prescription medicine for arthritis. 
But here are some of the warnings of Trim Fire on Trim Fire's website. Trim Fire may lower the ability of your immune system to fight infections and may increase your risk of infections. Then it goes on to say the most common side effects of Trim Fire include upper respiratory infections, headache, injection site reactions, joint pain, diarrhea, stomach flu, fungal skin infections, herpes simplex infections, and bronchitis. And these are not all the possible side effects of Trim Fire. That's from Trim Fire's website. The same medication that can help you can hurt you. Well, Paul had what he called a thorn in his flesh. The devil wanted the thorn to hurt him, but God wanted the same thorn to help him. This thorn was like a stake that was to impale Paul and make Paul out to be like a shish kebab. The thorn was a metaphor for a real-life struggle Paul was having. No one knows for sure what the struggle was. It may have been poor eyesight, migraines, insomnia, not-so-pleasant appearance, Malaria, some suppose it may have even been epilepsy or it may have been side effects from Paul taking trim fire. We don't know. The same thorn that could hurt Paul could also help Paul. The devil sent the thorn to torment him, to buffet him or, or slap him or sucker punch him. But God wanted the thorn to help Paul by keeping him humble so God could continue to use him. God had shown Paul so many visions and revelations that, that Paul could easily get beside himself with pride. And pride is very destructive, y'all. Pride, pride comes before a fall. Pride is what got the devil kicked out of heaven. God resists the proud. Pride is very destructive. So to keep Paul humble and usable, the Lord allowed the devil to torment Paul with his thorn in his flesh. Whether the thorn would hurt Paul or help Paul would be up to Paul. Same goes for us as we deal with Satan's attacks on our lives. While the devil attacks us to hurt us, God intends for the attacks to help us. The same attack that the devil hopes will destroy you God has ordained for the attack to develop you. So what will it be? Will, 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 will it be that, that you've been helped or will we be hurt when our bodies are attacked, when our relationships are attacked, when our families are attacked or our careers or our finances or our minds or our souls? The truth is, it's up to you whether what the devil does hurts you or helps you. It's up to you. Paul shows us how, the, how he made the best of his bad situation. Alloweth me to showeth thee what I seeth in the texteth. First thing I want to show you is sometimes you're going to have to live with it. Sometimes you're going to have to live with it. If you want to make the best of a bad situation, one thing we've got to get in our spirit is sometimes you're going to have to live with it. Look at verse 8. Verse 8, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice. In other words, he says, I prayed about this three times that it might depart from me. This thing the devil has used to attack me, to torment me, to hurt me. I prayed three times that it might depart from me. Verse 9, and he said, and the Lord said, and God said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul prayed for his thorn to be removed. The Lord's reply was basically when he said, my grace is sufficient. It boiled down to, I'm not taking it away. You're going to have to live with it. There could be very, that, that could be a very tough pill to swallow, y'all. I'm not taking your thorn, your problem, your burden away. 
you're going to have to live with it. Isn't that something? Can you imagine Paul saying, but I prayed in your name, Jesus. Jesus said, you're going to have to live with it. But I have the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. You're going to have to live with it. But I declared and decreed my healing and deliverance in the name of Jesus. You're going to have to live with it. But the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. The Lord said, you're going to have to live with it. But faith is supposed to move mountains. You're going to have to live with it. This goes against nearly everything we've been taught concerning prayer. But the truth is, there are some unpleasant, painful problems we may have to live with. But the good news is, God has a way of giving us compensation for our complications. When God doesn't take it away or deliver us from it or turn it around or fix it, the complications, the, the complications in our lives, y'all, he has a way of compensating us with what we need to fulfill his divine purposes. By, by compensation, I'm not talking about a paycheck or some financial blessing. In fact, in fact, the compensation of which I speak isn't anything necessarily tangible. God's compensation for our complications, our thorns, our problems, our attacks is something he gives or does to make it all work together for good. God's compensation is something so good for our troubles that we say like the psalmist, it was good for me that I had been afflicted. God has a way of giving us compensation for our complications that he won't take away. Moses had a complication of a stuttering problem that God would not take away. But the compensation was his brother Aaron uh, would speak for him and God was with him. Joshua had a complication of battle after battle to conquer Canaan. But the compensation was God was with him just like he was with Moses. Job had a complication of burying all 10 of his kids but the compensation was God didn't forget about him and gave him four times back what could be replaced Jesus disciples were guaranteed to have complications when he told them that in this life they'd have tribulations his compensation though was that he had already overcome the world and then he also offered compensation when he had all when he said that he'd never leave us nor forsake us in other words Jesus himself is our compensation John had, had a complication on the Isle, uh, being exiled on the Isle of Patmos, but the compensation was Jesus showing up in a revelation. John said he saw him when he was exiled. John said he saw the Lord when he was, when he was isolated and quarantined on the Isle of Patmos. John said, John said he saw him. John, John said, I saw him. I seen him with my own eyes. What did you see, John? John, John, what did you see when you saw Jesus? What, what did he look like? John said, let me tell tell you what he looked like he was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest his head and his hair were white like wool as white as snow and his eyes were like flames of fire his feet were like polished brass refined in a furnace and 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 his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves he held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth and his face was like the sun in all its brilliance whoa john you saw all of that he said i seen i seen all of that but that ain't all when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me. 
In the midst of my problem, he laid his hand on me. In the midst of my trouble, he laid his hand on me. When I was off to myself, isolated and quarantined, exiled, he laid his hand on me. Not after I came out while I was in it. Not after I got the job while I was looking for one. Not after I got healed while I was waiting on surgery. He laid his hand on me. He told me, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. John says, when I was going through it, when I was dealing with my trouble, that God wasn't going to take away. Jesus showed up, laid his hand on me. Many of my veterans understand compensation. You have health-related military-connected complications with your hearing or your back or your feet or your knees or your hips or with Agent Orange or with depression or high blood pressure or all of the above. Some of these health-related military-connected connections are issues you're probably going to have to live with for the rest of your life. But the Veterans Administration compensates you at 30, 50, 80, or 100% of your pay. I've had numerous conversations with a bunch of y'all who are getting at least 100% compensation from the VA for your complication. Every conversation I've had with y'all has placed far greater emphasis on your compensation than your complication. Tell me I'm lying. Every one of y'all in this room placed more emphasis on your compensation than your complication. That health-related complication that you're probably going to have to live with for the rest of your life hits different when that check from the VA for your 100% disability hits your account every month for the rest of your life. Sometimes the compensation can offset the complication. For the believer, the good news is God gives us compensation for our complications. Paul's compensation was God's sufficient grace. Grace, God's unmerited favor. Grace, not something God dispenses, but rather is God himself showing up to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Let me say it again. God's grace is not something he can put in the palm of his hand and dispense it at will. Grace is God showing up and even when we don't deserve it to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Grace, y'all, grace is some good compensation because grace is something that the devil can't take away. The devil tormented Paul with the thorn, but he couldn't touch God's grace. The thorn would weaken Paul, but grace would strengthen Paul. The thorn made Paul pray, but grace was the answer to prayer the thorn was giving was to give Paul trouble but God's grace was to help Paul triumph the thorn was the, the complication but God's grace was the compensation there may be some stuff we will have to live with some agonizing stuff some painful stuff some unfixable stuff some incurable stuff some irreversible stuff but by God's grace we can move on experiencing amazing demonstrations of God's grace Second thing I want to share with you that comes from the text if we want to make the best of a bad situation. The second thing is you may not pray it away, but pray anyway. You may not pray it away, but pray anyway. Look at verse 8 again. Verse 8 of the beginning of verse 9. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul, Paul tried to pray it away. He he tried to pray it off him. He, he tried to pray it away when he asked the Lord for it to depart from him. And his prayers did not produce the results he desired. This is a painful truth for us to realize that prayer may not always bring your preferred results. 
But although our prayers may not always produce the results we desire, we must pray anyway. Jesus is on the main line. And you can call him up and tell him what you want. But prayer is not a way for you to get whatever you want. David prayed for his son, his first son from Bathsheba to live. He didn't get what he wanted. His son died. Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane to avoid the cup of suffering that he would face on Calvary's cross. He didn't get what he wanted. Well, he didn't get that particular request that he wanted. Remember, before Jesus left the garden of Gethsemane, he asked for one more thing. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Now that prayer can be answered. That prayer, you, when you pray that, you can expect to get what you want. Now, as I asked this past Wednesday during Emana Bible study, if prayer doesn't get God to do what we want or perceive to need, what good is prayer? Why should we pray if we are not guaranteed to get what we ask for? Pray anyway because prayer at its core, in its purest form, boils down to communion with God. We have made prayer to become some magical way of getting what we want from God so our lives can be exactly the way we want. We want trouble-free, thorn-free, drama-free lives. But prayer is not a magic spell for us to get life to be exactly what we want. Prayer at its core, in its purest form, boils down to communion or fellowship with God. Prayer is time with God so we can become more like God. The more time we spend with the Lord over time is to, is to empower us to become more like him. Time with him helps us get rid of those things in our flesh that's not like him. So prayer is better when God gets stuff from us rather than us getting stuff from him. Time with him to become more like him is time well spent. So pray anyway. It is, he, he is a holy God by his grace invites us to confidently come before his throne of grace. Despite our shortcomings, our struggles, our failures, we're invited to spend time with him at his throne of grace. We fall short, don't we? I said we fall short, don't we? But we can spend time with him anyway. We fail him, but we can spend time with him anyway. We need his forgiveness, but we, we can spend time with him anyway. So do it. Pray anyway. After all, didn't he save you anyway? If Jesus' love lifted you, although you were sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more, but the master of the sea heard your despairing cry anyway, and from those waters lifted you anyway, then pray anyway. You may not get your way all the time, but pray every time. Pray and expect God to move mountains anyway. Pray and expect him to deliver anyway. Pray and expect God to heal anyway. Pray and trust him to move anyway, because our God is in any way kind of God. I said our God is in any way kind of God. 
Think of all the times you didn't deserve him opening that door, but he opened it anyway. Think of all the times you didn't deserve that miracle, but he released it anyway. Think of all the times you didn't deserve that way being made, but he made it anyway. Our God is in any way kind of God. Isn't that what grace is all about? When you don't deserve something, but God gives it to you as a gift anyway isn't that what salvation is all about we don't deserve salvation but God saves us anyway our God is in any way kind of God so even though we don't always get our, what we want we need to pray anyway and whether you get what you want or not praise him anyway he's still God he's still holy he's still worthy he's still amazing he's still loving he's still sovereign he's still a healer he's still a way maker he's still a deliverer he's still a provider he's still God he's God anyway I said he's God anyway whether you got what you wanted or not he's God anyway in fact that ought be one of the names we add to the list he's Jehovah anyway he's Jehovah Jireh my provider Jehovah Shalom my peace Jehovah sit canoe the God of my righteousness Jehovah Rapha my healer and no matter what I face in life he's Jehovah anyway the God I'll call anyway the God who blesses me anyway the God who loves me anyway the God who keeps me anyway I'll trust him anyway I'll stand on his word anyway I'll wait on him anyway I'll praise him anyway I'll shout anyway I'll dance anyway I'll run anyway I'll put my hands together anyway Am I, is anybody praying with me I'm, because I'm gonna win anyway I'm gonna make it anyway I'm gonna come through anyway in the end I'm gonna come out on top anyway He's Jehovah anyway. So even when you don't get what you want through prayer, even when you can't pray it away, pray anyway. Here's how we can make the best of a bad situation. Sometimes you're going to have to live with it. Secondly, you may not pray it away, but pray anyway. And finally, don't take God's grace for granted. Don't take God's grace for granted. I'm in verses 8 again, 8 through 10. Watch this. I'm done. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my grace is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here's where we can hear how Paul is making the best of his bad situation. He has a thorn in his flesh. He has tried to pray away, but he's going to have to live with it. The Lord told him his grace is sufficient. It's enough. It's enough for Paul to deal with this thorn. In fact, this grace is enough to strengthen Paul and for Paul to be used to strengthen others. It is that sufficient. Paul responds to the grace of God by saying two things we need to digest. This sufficient grace made Paul glad and it made Paul strong. Two things that this grace has done, this, this promise of, of grace in his life has made him glad, has made him strong. Are you in need of some gladness in your life? Many of you probably could use some gladness. Here's some alarming data from the CDC's website. During, and this, is, this is word for word. During August 2020, 
to February 2021, the percentage of adults with recent symptoms of an anxiety or a depressive disorder increased from 36.4% to 41.5%. And the percentage of those reporting an unmet mental health care need increased from 9.2% to 11.7%. Increases were largest among adults aged 18 to 29 years old. I read on another website, I read on another website that, that people who have mental illness what, from, from the time of the onset of the symptoms of mental illness, the average person waits 11 years to seek treatment. Other stats I've read, one in five adults are dealing with, a, with, with some, some type of mental illness. That means there's a whole bunch of us in this room right now dealing with some type of mental illness. You could use some gladness in your life. This quarantine has worked, wreaked havoc on your mind, on your soul. Being isolated has wreaked havoc in, with depression and anxiety and loneliness. And listen, this summer, everybody battling loneliness. Paul said, I'm going to be glad. I'm, I'm going to be glad. Look at it. Most gladly. This is the end of verse 9. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory or boast or brag about my weaknesses, my shortcomings. Most gladly that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure. I ain't never heard nobody talk like that. I take pleasure in going through drama. I take pleasure in going through in dealing with this thorn. I take pleasure in going through some of the hardships. I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. That Greek word interpreted gladly includes elements of delight and enjoyment. Wait a minute, Paul. You have, you have something in your life that's so, so private, you won't tell us exactly or specifically what it is. It's so private, you call it a thorn. A thorn. The devil has brought it into your life to torment you. You prayed. You wanted to go so bad. You prayed and asked God, take this away from me. Take this pain away. Take this taste away from me. Take the desire to smoke that stuff away. Take the desire to snort that stuff away. Take, God, take it away. I, I, I'm not even going to ask how many of y'all, how many of us have ever asked God to, to take it away and God didn't take it away. But, but you, you may have asked God to take it away and, and he hadn't taken it away. And Paul says, while I'm still dealing with this struggle, I'm going to be glad. The Greek word interpreted glad, again, y'all, includes elements of delight and enjoyment. He is moving forward, watch this, without sadness. He's not going to let his bad situation get him down and keep him down. He is not taking grace for granted. The assurance of God's grace provides him with gladness. He's going to keep living with gladness. Is Paul taking ownership of his mental health and well-being? He said he's going to gladly endure whatever comes his way. Could Paul's declaration of being glad be a rallying call for any child of God battling mental illness? Could something shift in your life today if you declare, I have the grace of God in my life. I, I have his grace and his favor upon my life. Doggone it, I'm going to be glad. 
I wonder if something would shift in your life if you'd simply make up in your mind no matter how much I got to work on it no matter how bad I got to work on it no matter how aggressive I need to become in working on it I'm, I'm going to be glad I'm tired of being sad I'm tired of feeling sorry for myself I'm tired of being down all the time somebody needs to declare matter of fact I'm tired of having conversations with other folk and all we talk about is our thorns and all we do is whine and cry for years all we do is whine and cry and compare thorns and sometimes some of y'all have conversations with people they got to out thorn your thorn you tell them what you're dealing with, and they say, girl, that ain't nothing. Let me tell you. They, they talking about taking my, girl, that ain't, that ain't nothing. Let me tell you what happened. Let me, girl, that ain't nothing. Some of us need to stop talking to other folk who have thorns, and all they want to do is complain about their thorns and whine about their thorns. And just listen, some of us need to declare today, today is the last day. I'm going to willingly be sad and miserable and depressed and down and feeling sorry for myself. I'm going to be glad. Gladness is possible for you. I'm going to say that again. Gladness is possible for you. I need every child of God to get that in your spirit. Gladness is possible for me. Gladness is possible for me. Living a life where I am walking in delight, where I'm walking in some sense of enjoyment. Gladness is, gladness is possible for me. If you believe that, I want to hear you say it with your mask on and all of you streaming, put it in the comments. Gladness is possible for me. Let me hear you. Gladness is possible for me. Now, some of y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all, you're, you're thinking, it's possible for me, but, but it's just so hard. I don't hear no but. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's one thing to say it. It's, and watch this. God, God said, my grace is sufficient. Um, if, if Paul had a serious physical malady, uh, Paul could have said, now, is, is grace going to pay all, all these medical bills? Is Grace going to get my prescription filled? Is, is Grace going to help me get my prescription filled and keep my lights on? Is Grace going to help me make it to the doctor and pay the copay when I show up? Is, is Grace, is Grace going to help me make my insurance premium payment on time? Is, is Grace, is, is Grace going to pay my, my, my car note while I still got to, is Grace going to help me make these decisions whether it's going to be this bill or my medicine? Is, is Grace going to help me with that? Let me give you some good news. By the grace of God, you can make every note. By the grace of God, you can pay every bill. By the grace of God, you can get the medication by the grace of God. You can get the surgery by the grace of God. You can keep your health insurance. Paul makes a declaration. Tell you what, you ain't going to take it. I prayed and didn't get what I wanted. I'm still going to be glad. The devil wants the thorn to drive you crazy. But gladness is possible for you. Hear what the word of the Lord says about gladness. Psalm 4 and 7. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increase. Psalm 32, 11, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice ye righteous and shout for joy. All ye that are upright in heart. Matthew 5 and 12. Jesus told us rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted the, they the prophets which were before you. Paul also said this grace in addition to making him glad Paul said, Here, here's how I'm not taking grace for granted. Not only is it making me glad, making me go through my trials with a, with a smile on my face and the one to match in my heart. He says, this grace makes me strong, strong. Now, the Corinthians considered Paul weak. 
And they questioned if he was really an authentic, for real, for real, apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the reasons he wrote them this letter was to defend his apostolic call on his life. Regardless of how the Corinthians looked at him, though, Paul knew he was an apostle and was a strong one at that because he had grace. Paul and the Corinthians didn't see eye to eye on what it meant to be strong. What it meant to be a strong apostle. It appears to me that the Corinthians had a weak definition of strength. And I wonder how many of us are living with a weak definition of strength. They didn't think he spoke as a strong apostle would speak. They, they had a weak definition of strength. In fact, Paul told them in his first letter, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words because that's what y'all think strong, how strong folk talk, an impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ. The one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. The Corinthians didn't see Paul as strong, but Paul didn't care. Paul didn't care. The Corinthians had a weak definition of strength. Paul knew he was strong because he could keep going. He could endure infirmities. He, weaknesses, these, these infirmities, weaknesses from economic or inner poverty. He, he could keep going despite the hardships, the shipwrecks, the insults, the persecutions, the imprisonments, the reproaches. When his necessities were depleted and in distresses, Paul, Paul was strong because he was unstoppable. He didn't embrace the Corinthians weak definition of strength. Whenever he felt like he couldn't go on in his own strength, supernatural divine strength would graciously find his address and he'd keep on going. I think that's some of y'all testimony today. When you ran out, God stepped in. When you ran on E, God refueled your tank. Paul said, when I ran out, God, God, God found my address and strengthened me and I kept on going. I kept on serving. I kept on preaching. I kept on leading. Grace made Paul unstoppable. That strength when you're unstoppable, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. May the grace of God make you strong and unstoppable. And this strength, this strength provided in God's sufficient grace was made perfect, according to verse 9, was made perfect in Paul's weakness. In other words, the weaker he got in his own strength, the stronger he got with the power of God. God's power continually increased in his life. When the batteries in our digital devices get, get low in their percentage, we recharge them, don't we? We don't throw our devices away. You ain't about to throw that iPhone away. You better not throw that iPad away. We, some of you, your children, let your child, uh, that iPhone you bought your child, they only, they only seven. And you mess around, let that, let that battery die and they put it in the trash. You throw a fit, especially if you're still making payments on it. You will have them digging in the track. Good, you, no, you're going to get that phone out. The but the battery was down to 3%. We don't, we don't throw them away. We don't replace them. We simply recharge the battery. We recharge the battery, y'all, so we can keep using it. We, we recharge the battery in our digital device so we can keep using it. The, the battery is going to get low. We expect the battery to get low but when the battery gets low we don't throw it away 
we recharge it so we can keep using when our batteries get low God doesn't throw us away he re he recharges us with grace so he can keep using us y'all looking kind of slow ahead when you get weak when you get tired when you're ready to quit and give up God doesn't throw you away what does he do if you call on him God has sufficient grace to recharge your battery of anointing he recharges us so he can keep on using us so listen if you're feeling weak get a grace recharge Plug in by calling on the name of the Lord so he can continue using you to advance his kingdom. Paul, Paul so appreciated the, the grace of God. Verse 9, he also said he wants it to rest upon him. I dealt with this this past Wednesday. So real quick, let me tell you, he wanted the power of God to rest upon him or, or tabernacle with him. In the Old Testament, when the, when the children of Israel were leaving, leaving uh, Egypt and on their way to Canaan, they, 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 had, they had a tabernacle. They had, they had a big old tent, and, and, and God would sometimes inhabit that tabernacle and, and tabernacle with them or dwell with them. He would hang out with them. He, he would abide with them. He, he would show up for them. Paul says, that's what I want. I want God to show up. I want God to abide with me. I want God's presence in my life to be perpetual. I, I, I want God to, to just stay with me. Paul didn't take grace for granted. It made him glad and it made him strong. I pray as I close that that would be your testimony. I, I want to tell you, let that be your testimony. Desire for grace to rest upon you. Tabernacle with you. Abide with you perpetually. Don't take grace for granted. Don't invest more mental energy on your thorn than you do on God's grace. Don't spend so much time praying about your thorn that you cannot praise God for his grace. Don't endure the rest of your life feeling sorry for yourself. Don't take grace for granted. Living in a bondage of sadness and weakness, be glad and be strong. Just like our veterans getting their checks from the VA brightens their days, may the ever-present sufficient grace of God brightens yours. There are some things I cannot imagine living without, Brother Abraham. There are some things I cannot imagine living without. I cannot imagine living without adequate shelter, food, good health, and mobility. I cannot imagine living without love and acceptance. I talk to some guys about going bald I could possibly I could probably live without my hair I'm not getting a toupee I'm not getting a hair when it's gone it's gone when it's, when it's listen when it's gone it's gonna be gone y'all ain't gonna be looking at me like now clock just need to let that go now clock just need to don't need to listen I, I could probably live without my hair and should I go bald while I'm still serving y'all I need y'all to tell somebody listen when that negro had hair <laughs> you want to talk about some hair that negro had some I just, that's all I'm gonna ask when it's gone just tell somebody Not that when, when he, had, he, he had hair when he was here earlier my maternal grandmother lost her eyesight as she got older and I'd hate to live without my eyesight I could live without it but to live without the grace of God in my life. Can you imagine having to earn every blessing you get from God? Can you imagine only receiving blessings you deserve? Grace, 
Grace sidesteps the earning. Grace, grace sidesteps what you deserve. He'll bless you anyway. I cannot imagine living without God's grace. By God's grace, I'm saved from my sins. By God's grace, I woke up this morning. By God's grace, I had food on my table and in the refrigerator and in the freezer and in the pantry and in the cupboard and by my bedside. By God's grace, I made it to the house of the Lord without any accidents or mishaps. By God's grace, you and I are still here after all this time in a global pandemic. By God's grace, some of y'all survived can COVID or cancer or strokes or heart attacks or suicide attempts or domestic violence or overdoses or near fatal car accidents by God's grace what the devil sent to hurt you God worked it so that it helped you and now when you're under attack you need to help yourself to the grace of God get some gladness when you need it get some strength when you need it you you have the grace of God in your life don't live as if you have no more grace in your life ask for more of it when you need some gladness or some strength and God will come through for you I said God will come through for you I'm gonna land this plane a little gently and I'm done I'm done being done Paul decided his thorn would help him more than it would hurt him so what is it going to be for you you must decide if what's happening in your life is going to ultimately help hurt you or help you you must decide it ain't up to the devil and believe it or not in many instances it ain't up to God God was not going to force Paul to embrace grace and leverage it so that he'd be glad and strong Paul had to decide oh I got grace Oh, I'm straight. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be glad. I'm going to be strong. Paul said, well, if that's the case, it's the grace for me. It's the grace that keeps me going. It's the grace that helps me to keep moving forward. It's the grace that helped me to do what I need to do, even when I don't want to do it. Is your, thorn, is your thorn going to hurt you more than it will help you? You decide. It's up to you. Is your thorn going to make you pitiful or powerful? You decide. It's up to you. Is your thorn going to make you a victim or a victor? It's up to you. Are you going to give up or go on in the grace of God? Decide what you want. But as for me, it's the grace for me. It's the grace for me. The same grace that strengthened Paul can strengthen you. That same grace that saw Paul through can see you through. That's that same grace. Same grace says you can make it. You can make it. But oh, Pastor, I feel so. You can make it. Oh, Pastor, you don't understand. You can make it. I want to invite, first of all, I want to invite everybody to stay. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.